So I don't know if you've heard about this or not, but Marvel is doing story podcasts. I have heard about that. Yeah. So great. Yeah. More competition. Yeah, I know. They they have like I think two out that star Wolverine, and those have been pretty successful. So now they're doing another one with I believe the Marvels um, comics run that uh, was it Kurt Music he did. Uh, and I just read that they had cast it and, uh, Ethan Peck is playing Mr. Fantastic for that. Yeah. He didn't tell us about that. No, he didn't. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And Cliff Smith is going to be in it. Who's Cliff Smith? (laughs) Uh, let's see. How do you spell his name? M-E-T-H-O-D. Man. He's, oh yes, that's he's right. He's done the the Dwayne the Rock Johnson transition to uh, to, to be acting, acting, I guess. Yes, uh, that's right. I did see that as well. Look, so you put down Ice Cube is still. Do you know Ice Cube's name? No, no, he's Ice I Cube. Don't exactly. Yeah, and he's been in more movies than all these people put together. Yeah, I know. So what the hell? I I think some people are like, well, now that I'm acting, I want people to take me more seriously. I want so people I'm, to take me more seriously. <laughs> yeah, so get all those deodorant commercials off the air. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I can't I can't talk to you anymore. Um, <laughs> other guy that was in those commercials. Who's the other goofy member of uh, of Wu Tang? You're not, asking the wrong person. That's I have alive. No idea. Not ODB. Um, I don't know. Um, is Rizzo pretty goofy? Like, he's like one of the only other ones I know. It's like a different kind of goofy. Okay. Uh, In the future, some show about the The Wu-Tang Clan, Clan. I guess. We'll hit that someday. All right. That's so, it's so weird because here's something that is defined. No no, uh, shade to Kurt Busiek. um, No. Great uh, writing in that series, but it is really defined. I think he was pitched on the painting of Alex Ross. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, wow, what a visual buffet for the eyes. Uh, Now let's make it a podcast. (laughs) Fair point. I mean, it's one thing to have, and I don't know who's voicing it, I'm just assuming it's Steve Bloom or something like that, but it's like, I don't know what's going on here in the Canadian North, but I'm going to find out who's doing these murders, bub, or or whatever. Okay, fine. Yeah, it works. Snicked sound effect. Not just a person saying snicked. Right, right, right. Um, I don't know what they came up with for that, but... (laughs) Does that sound like when you rub like two forks together? (laughs) That's what I always thought. Okay, I can see that. When I get bored doing the dishes, I intertwine the tines of two forks and then go, Wolverine, baby. But yeah, but okay. All right. Well, you know, it's they know or they're learning what we've always known, which is that this is like a fertile field for um, for imagination and for storytelling and if they don't hire me, I'm going to be very mad. <laughs> they lot, should lot of, hire lot of you. Writers and directors, yeah, uh, doing this kind of stuff. So anyway, I'd be great for it. Marvel, listen up. Uh, hey, you know what's really great? What? Lane serial experiments. Lane serial experiments? What are yeah. you talking about? You know what Lane is? Oh, the anime Lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like. <laughs> We we took Lucky Charms and mixed it with Cocoa Puffs to find out if it's S-E-R-I-A-L, like the uh, other yeah, podcast, right, right, right. Uh, which is still going. I think so. I don't know. I think Sarah Koenig is too big for her britches now, right? She's probably doing something else. Um, kind of like how they turned uh, This American Life into a TV show. And, yeah. And it was like, that went for like three seasons, didn't it? It's just something like, like that. I'm Hourglass. Yeah. This is what I look like. Right. I look like my voice. 
act one. I know, right? Why are we doing this? Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> I don't remember where we're going with this. Oh, yeah, Lane. So is Lane less toyetic, isn't the word, utopic than Neon Genesis Evangelion? Every, I don't know. You can't drop any stone, rock, swing, animal of any type mm-hmm. or kind uh, without seeing uh, a Neon Genesis Evangelion video. And like right. Lane is not represented in the video sphere. Nobody's doing That's true. video essays about Lane. No, I don't think that most people are really talking about Lane anymore for whatever reason. Um, but I don't, I don't know why that is. Um, I think it's less videoable. It's less gifable. Oh, that could be. I mean, there's so much going on in that anime that maybe it's Yeah, explain just... Lane. What happens in Lane? <sighs> I couldn't possibly. I can't either. I've seen it like five times. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. But yeah, it's just incredibly difficult to explain what's going on. Um, so I guess maybe from that standpoint, I could see why it, it just wouldn't work for YouTube. Because like you'd show a clip and without context, how would it make sense? Yeah, but think about what you're saying. Neon Genesis Evangelion? Well, yeah, I know. Why is that robot eating that other robot? Right. Like, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't make any sense either. So I don't know. I don't know why that is. Well, we got to turn this around. Okay. Let's get a lot of great clips of Lane wearing a bear suit. Sure. Maybe yeah. it's the... No, because the Evangelion kids are literally kids. They have to be. That's how it works. Right. Everybody's 14 in this scenario. Yeah, I know. So right? I thought maybe it's the... She comes with pedo bear like built in, like she's wearing a bear costume. Right. Yeah, I mean it's not no, that she's a kid. Evangelion is problematic. Yeah, <laughs> I know. There's a lot of sexualization going on there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Anyway, I, I bring up Lane because I feel like Lane because I'm sitting in my studio and like Lane in the later episodes of the show, I'm just surrounded by cables oh. and screens. Yeah. And mm-hmm. <laughs> just feel like get me a bear. Uh, onesie and we'll be good to go <laughs> doing our best a lot of growth yes. a lot of growth going on here at the show yes and at the network in, a good way. in particular uh two uh announcements one small one big i want to announce that i'll be on the social minute podcast yes coming up pretty soon very exciting um it won't be for a little while but it's uh a podcast that goes minute by minute through the social network yes the movie obviously yes the so, movie yeah well, what did you think of it? I know. I, I just clarifying in case anybody in the audience wasn't sure. So What were they thinking? Were I they... don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I just felt like the need to, to put that on there. All right. Well, I don't know what it would be confused with unless yeah, maybe okay. um, it was the book, which was, uh, what was it? The Accidental Billionaires or whatever that uh, it was based okay, on, sure. which I haven't actually read. And no. um, I don't know if... Um, I'll end up reading it before the movie. I kind of want to go in clean. Uh-huh. For anybody who doesn't know, the minute by minute sort of thing was, I don't know who started it, but it was probably popularized, popular, popularized, yes. made most famous yeah. by the Star Wars Minute, mm-hmm. uh, a podcast that goes uh, minute by minute through the Star Wars. Yes. The Star Wars. The Star Wars. You know them, yeah. yeah. And of course, I've gone on to many other things. I had um, one of the hosts of that uh, podcast Pete the Retailer on Enterprising Individuals a little while back. Yes, you did. Uh, oh, did I talk about the Star Trek show? Oh, no. <laughs> What's well, going to happen? happen? A lot more because Just Enough Trope is cohering as a network uh, even more and more, which is the second announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, we have just onboarded a new podcast. Not new, brand new, because they've been going in on their own for a while. Right. But they are now in the Just Enough Trope family, a podcast called Virtual Theater. 
Yes. At Virtual Theater X on Twitter, which is a show that talks about movies, go figure, uh-huh. but also it's video games. It's video game movies, movies that were inspired by video games, adapted from video games, that sort of thing. That sounds like fun. Yeah. And uh, if you're looking to check that out, you can find it, like I said, on Twitter at Virtual Theater X. Uh, they just did basically the granddaddy of... A, I hope they continue after this. Yeah. Did I buy a, a lemon? Oh, I don't think you <laughs> that's, did. That's about to uh, pull into the uh, the station or the graveyard because they just <laughs> did uh, Super Mario Brothers, the movie. Oh, well, there you go. Which, yeah. if I can believe the marketing material, ain't no game. <laughs> Which is like the granddaddy opus of all video game movies. Yeah, so, I, I think so. Like, yeah. That's like the 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 huge one. Host Gooey Fame and Andy uh, get it get down and talk about uh, video game movies. Um, then they've got plenty of grist coming up for the mill. You know, that, the Sonic the Hedgehog thing alone. Oh yeah, has given for them sure. Plenty to talk about. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about those films. They talk about sort of the the world of video games and uh, news about video game movies and that sort of thing. Uh, it's a very, very entertaining show, so check them out. It sounds awesome. You better go check them out. <laughs> what about you, Laffy? What's uh, going on? What about me? What's going on? Um, well, I don't know if we should talk about anything. Well, sounds we're, great. We're working on something that I don't feel like we can talk about just yet, um, but something else is in the works for Just Enough Trope, probably for our Patreon members. Talk about it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's literally trying to get somebody to okay. buy something. All right. Um, we are going through and watching uh, Sailor Moon from the beginning, all the episodes in Japanese with subtitles. And um, I've watched Sailor Moon before. I love Sailor Moon. Uh, and Cal is, is... I've seen a lot of um, hentai. <laughs> it's not hentai. So I, I'm coming at this from a different perspective. Yes. Uh so, um, but I believe we are going to be calling it Sailor Noob, um, yes. uh, because Cal is new. Down. Yeah. Because um, I put my foot down. <laughs> but um, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have uh, some recurring segments on, on the show, and we'll just, you know, talk about just about everything you could talk about in an episode of Sailor Moon, which... Honestly, I feel like there's a lot there. Yeah, I think there's a lot there, too. Um, Just doing preliminary research, trying to familiarize myself with this show I've known about my entire life that I've never actually watched. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there is a lot of material. Um, I learned about the different... It's all one thing, but there's different sort of series. Yes. uh, That's kind of like Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's And the way that it's evolved and, um, you know, its manga roots and everything. Yes. And so... Yeah, it's going to be a big education for me. Um, that's going to be on our Patreon, which if you're confused as to what it is and who we are, we're the Just Enough Trope podcast. That's got to be a new record. I'm your host, Calvin, joined <laughs> as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. Informal over here, but uh, we are very formal at our Patreon. Um, something that has been uh, excellent for a while, but we are looking to fill out now that yes. we have to take things seriously because mm-hmm. we are a real deal podcasters. We so are. I'll be looking for that and be looking for other uh, things as far as that goes uh, over the days and weeks. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash just enough trope. One more thing. We have a discord. Oh, yeah, that's that's a new thing that, for that, us. That's You know, those little machines you can get. I think they have an app now where you can like listen to somebody on the phone and you can tell if they're like lying or if they're distressed and you can hear <laughs> it in their voice patterns. Great. My app tells me you don't know what discord is. Um, 
I kind of know what it is, but I know what it is from like a negative thing because because oh. there was a a shooter in a more recent oh thing that had a thing on Discord. Well, so he just killed the announcement of our Discord. <laughs> I just wasn't trying to do that. That's why I, mean, I was, didn't want to say anything. I don't even know anything. what to do with this now. Okay, let's. What you should have said was nothing. I know. I should have just said nothing. It's a new th- thing, says the old man. Okay. It's a new way to communicate with people. Okay. It's a chat room. Yeah, okay. I have had limited exposure to it, uh, mostly through uh, online gaming. Oh, okay. Uh, back in the old days, you would play a game, mm-hmm. and then you would type, hey, don't TK me noob or whatever and then it would come up on the bottom of the screen and then later on as we got off of dial up and got onto um broadband or ethernet Uh um then it turned into oh there's team speak there's these programs that are separate programs that allow you to you know talk to your teammates and the people that you're playing this game with and Discord has taken it and just run all the way with it. It's like a dedicated app that does allows chatting. It allows um, by text. It allows voice. It's like okay. texting. It's like a a chat room of old. Sure. Only it's audio enabled, so you can talk. And I'm, I'm sitting here explaining it. I'm just explaining it for people my age. Everybody I, knows I what get this it. is. And it also features integration. This is not an ad either. It features integration <laughs> with a lot of games. So you'd think, well, I have to have this separate thing running, and like, do I have to alt? tab out of it to do something else right you can integrate it into a lot of games that are playing now oh, so it's cool. just sort of there and doing what you need to do so you can yell at those noobs that keep tking sure uh and so anyway we have a dedicated like chat room on that it's okay. called just enough trope uh you, you can sort of find it by searching for it on discord and yeah we're just you know come one come all ringing the bell uh listeners uh, people that want to come and chat and talk about stuff uh, we'll be on at certain times uh, to chat with people as well and just creating an online space like we have on our Twitter, like we have in our Facebook group, right. um, both of those at Just Enough Trope on their respective platforms. Yeah, just you got to stay where the kids are. You know, you got to stay, yeah, I gotta stay on fresh. top of things. Gotta, yeah, you got to stay fresh. <laughs> Very fresh. Yes. So, so, fresh and so clean. Yes. Um, right in that crisper drawer. Right. So that's uh, what we're doing there. Uh, so anyway, yeah, join us. Uh, keep it respectful. Yes, please. Don't, you know, properties and things that don't exist that aren't real people, uh-huh. go ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not John Ham. No. But that reminds me of, like, if you want to, like, just go off on Black Mirror, go for it. <laughs> but if you want to talk about Charlie Booker, the guy that made Black Mirror, uh-huh. be respectful. <laughs> You can respectfully tell somebody that they're washed up. Sure. Yeah. Respectfully speaking. <laughs> I have Hallmark no cards good, made up for that purpose. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My app is spiking again. Oh, no. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. All right. Let's do the news. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Star Trek, and I'm going to. Yeah. Go to Star Trek dot com slash. Hey, we're talking about Star Trek. <laughs> To find out about, no, you can go to enterprisingindividuals.com to catch our Enterprising Individuals podcast about Star Trek. I don't need to tell you anything else. Uh, <laughs> it is exciting to be a Star Trek fan right now. Um, yeah. Maybe. Maybe a little scary. Maybe it's a little, a little bit uh, of both, I think. Jesse Spano uh, <laughs> excited and scared at the same time. Yeah. Because CBS and Viacom are finally merging. Yeah. The only thing that stood in the way was that horrible, horrible sex criminal Les Moonves. I know, right? But sex crim aside, 
maybe he knew what he was talking about business-wise. About not merging them? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Because one of those is a powerful <laughs> like brand and one of those is not. Right. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, the upshot is that Star Trek, the TV show, and Star Trek, the movie franchise yes. are now under the same roof. Yeah, that's true. I don't feel, I feel like it was a dearth of interest, a dearth of, uh, of both a part of the audience and the uh, creators, uh, a dearth of ideas. Um, I don't feel like the licensing was ever the real problem here. No. I think people are making a really big deal out of this. Mm-hmm. But in the same way that when I buy a smartwatch or I get a gym membership and I go to the gym for two weeks and then I never go back ever after uh, after that, mm-hmm. I think that this will um, inspire them to create more. Okay. Because well, you that's always could have. If you wanted, there's no, there's nobody ever had a nobody was writing Enterprise Star Trek Enterprise and was like, all right, and then we'll have Archer go. Well, let's go visit Captain Picard in a movie or something. And then some guy in a suit comes in and goes, no, you can't do that. That never happened, right? No, they just no. Nobody ever, if they wanted to make this happen, if, if Spider-Man can appear in an MCU film, yeah. you can make your little Star Trek TV toys play with your movie toys. I, right. But they never did. Uh, but now they will. And <laughs> oh my goodness, they're going to. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Here are my big predictions okay. for this merger. Uh, we will absolutely get, well, hold on. What we may seventy five percent chance we'll get a Patrick Stewart Picard film. Okay. Like maybe I can at see that. The, we'll do two seasons of Picard, uh-huh. and then we'll transition immediately to to a, a film. film. I bet they are kicking themselves right now because that they couldn't do a movie. Right. You know. Right. They just wrapped up a season of TV. You know, the first season of Star Trek Picard, and I bet yes. they're like, oh, we could have had a V eight. Right. 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 But they are going to get that V eight. Right. Because. A problem with Star Trek films is that, you know, Star Wars is enshrined, is canonized as, you know, a blockbuster, one right. of the first blockbusters. It'll never, as bad as it gets, and it's going to get real bad, Yeah, people will always go. Star Trek, you know, the same thing. People go yeah. if they're interested. People go if it looks good. People go if they're fans. Those fans are still around. Yeah. Um. You want the kids' money, but you can get take old man's monies too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And old women. And Star Trek The Next Generation is a unbridled success in the history of television. For sure. It was so popular that it wasn't, there were no Trekkies. Everybody watched Star Trek. Yeah. When it was on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it doesn't matter who you are. You are a MIT scientist or you're, you know, you own a tire shop or something like that. Right, Both exactly. Both mobile professions. And they're like, you see that Data did? They're like, oh, boy, he's so crazy. Like, everybody was watching this show. I know. And all those people are now 25, 30 years older, and they've got money, and they want to go see a movie. You yes. put Captain Picard in a TNG movie. Yeah. People can go see that. I, I agree with you. So we're clearly going to get that. And this next prediction is balanced kind of on the first one. But we'll see. Um, no matter what happens... We're absolutely getting a TNG movie reboot. Okay. That's just going to happen. Okay. Do, do you think... All the hemming and hawing yeah. over Hemsworth and putting Chris Pine in the role yeah. of Captain Kirk, mm-hmm. they did it. Yeah, right. So now you've got J.J. Light, Alex Kurtzman. They're absolutely going to do this, right? They're just going to find yeah. some bald guy and we're going to do... And whether it's... You know, the next generation in the future of the Kelvin universe. So it's going to be, you've already got license because it's a different timeline, you know, and 87 sure. years have passed. Right, right, right. To sort of do whatever you want. 
that it's just going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that because I'm, you know, I'm horrified. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, what are you going to take Jar Jar away from kids with a little kid with a backpack like Jar Jar? Of course not. No, it's not for you anymore. Right. So I'm announcing the end of enterprising individuals. I don't know why. I mean, we'll see, but we are going into a, yes, this is a full franchising, a new frontier. Yeah. Now, if you look at some person who's like, you know, the only real Mickey Mouse is Steamboat Willie, and they don't like you know anything else. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, what are you talking about? Right, right, right. But if somebody were to say, boy, Mickey Mouse is sure commoditized. Disney's really turned that into, uh, yeah, a brouhaha of exploitation. Well, that's true. They have. Mickey hasn't even been in a cartoon since... God knows when. Yeah, I know, but he's still like, his face is everywhere. Yeah. Why don't they make a Mickey movie? That's a good question. I don't know why. It's all self-aware. He comes to the real world, you know, and he learns about Facebook or something like that. That would be really weird and trippy. I mean, it's amazing this hasn't happened yet. And you'd say it's because Disney is careful with their properties. And I'd say, how careful are they? Yeah, They're careful with Mickey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of things that they're perfectly willing to F out to the nth degree. Yeah, I know. Like the new Lion King, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the new Lion King. It's just completely not. Or all the Disney princesses going right under the Ralph Breaks the Internet bus. Yeah, I know. That's oh, that part was cute. cute. Whatever. I know. Do you think, of just going back to the I the think merger, I'm going to blow my nose. Okay. Do you think that there will be a um, Discovery film as well? Um, maybe someday. I think that now that it's not the only show on, um, mm-hmm. I think it's great if you like it. I myself like it, but I think we can now be honest with ourselves about its limited appeal. <laughs> okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not, it has nothing to do with Star Trek and it doesn't really have anything to do with anybody who is on that show or writes that show. But the way that we are right now is people want things they recognize. And sure, Star Trek is something that you recognize. Right. But... I think if you just day one did a TNG reboot, you'd have some people that complain, but they'd watch it anyway. And we'd be four seasons into our TNG reboot and going in a totally different direction, you know? And I think that it's tough to take a brand new, people can hear that, to take a brand new (laughs) property like Discovery Mm -hmm. and they've, you know, they've done the work. They've carved it out. They've built it brick by brick. And, you know, it's... People, people, people watch it. Yeah. But it's never going up on the big board. Who knows? 10, 15 years, how people will feel. But it's right. it's just not going to go on the board of all-time greatest Trek projects. Okay. I mean, that's all right. It doesn't have to. I mean, do you see uh, what we left behind in the 33rd century, uh, 25 years from now, a documentary where... Uh, Still looks great. Sonequa Martin-Green is reading emails about how, ah, oh boy, it's a discovery. I can't believe it. Of a, a Chinese captain or whatever. Yeah. And it's yeah. ironic because we all treasure discovery as this thing that changed our lives 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Lots. You do think that's going to happen? Um, No, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think that the, the, the DS9 doc happened largely because it was... You can hear it when I spell it too. Oh, okay. But uh, stop, largely because um, it was kind of like people didn't like it at first and then they really liked it. She gets it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. She's just restating the point. All right. That shows that she gets it. Okay. Yeah. That's my point, man. So anyway, (laughs) we'll see what happens with that. But yes, the Disney-fying of Star Trek begins in earnest. Yes. Ernest goes 
to Romulus. <laughs> Speaking of Disney, let's. Yes. Boy, it's all Disney news after this, so get ready. Oh, uh, we kind of started with Disney news. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Disney news all the way down, starting with Star Wars. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a thing now. Uh, Ewan McGregor will return for an Obi-Wan Kenobi show on I Disney+. I read Plus. about that, yeah. Um, okay. How, how old was Alec Guinness when he played Obi-Wan? Oh, that's a good question. 60s. I would say 60s, okay. yeah. And Ewan McGregor's like 50. Is he really? He must be. Wow, that's like hard to believe. All right, let's do the work. Um, I mean, I can see it. Vamp, but... vamp while I look it up. I'm not um, going to look it up. You're not you look, look it up, up listeners. <laughs> um. So I mean, he's got time. Um, I mean, to play him, he's he's he has done so much from the Ghost Rider to the Island to <laughs> picking all of his worst movies. Yeah, um, you are. Actually, I, th- I heard the Ghost Rider is actually pretty good. Is it? Uh yeah, I don't believe that. Was mm-hmm. that a, that wasn't a Polanski film, was it? I have no idea. Yeah, I have I, another thing I'd have to look up. Um, don't bother. Okay. Uh, he's he's done it all. He's done the highs and the lows he's done tv he was just on um and it what's it called a fargo yeah and he right he won uh emmy for that i think sure so i mean yeah. he's done everything and then he's always had this star wars thing i mean he hasn't done he doesn't do like action he doesn't do like a lot of schlock or anything like that he's just no so but he's always kind of kept that like star wars thing hip pocketed sure and so now as he goes into, I mean, he's not going to retire, but as he goes into like the later phase of his career, yeah, he could just, just saddle up and just do these Obi Wan Kenobi thing. Yeah, I think. Um, Ooh, I'm glad I kept this. <laughs> well, apparently, no and one I wants guess to I've see heard, my ass anymore. Right, right. Well, I guess I heard rumors that they were talking about making an obi-wan film for a while right but that's part of our disney news which is disney is tv is their new film yeah and and i don't know if it's because they the mouse has put on cerebro and detects some new shift in content delivery that this is where (laughs) you can put it or this is where it's most profitable or they're just going here is our slate of films for the next five years yeah let's cut that slate in half and take things that people absolutely would pay $500 million at the box office to see to get them to pay $500 million worth of subscribes to our Disney Plus. Right. I think it's that one. Well, it might be that one. I also read it's partially because um, Solo was not as successful as they were Well, hoping. and Star Wars is, yeah, is also being somewhat careful yeah. uh, moving forward. Right. But, but yeah, I mean, we've got that. We've got the... Um, the uh, new, you know, beyond the shows that we know about for uh, Disney yeah. Plus, um, there is um, a bunch of new shows in development as well. Yes. Uh, Jeff Loeb was talking to Deadline recently and talking about spinning off a, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even doing a Marvel Knights show. Huh. Which okay. is like, oh, so you mean all the Netflix stuff, right? Like, like the Defenders, yeah. Yeah, right. there's nobody left in Marvel Knights. Uh, I guess we're going to get a Moon Knight show, right? That's what this means. I guess. People keep saying Moon Knight movie. Well, I know. now we'll get a Moon Knight show. I. But they're out yeah. of, there isn't anybody else. Morbius, the living vampire? Yeah. He's I, in a Sony I know. movie. I know. Well, like, I, I read an article, and this might be the same article or related, but somebody at Marvel said that um, something big is coming to uh the tv shows and people were speculating like do they mean like physically big like do they mean like there's gonna be like a hulk tv show yeah or is there the ms marvel 
um, show? Is that going to be a show? Because they've been talking about that property. You know, they didn't say beginning. They said big. I know. I know. (laughs) But I'm just saying that's where people are speculating. So, well, um, we'll see. Yeah, Uh, I don't think that just because you have a idea that might not make it as a movie, Uh you should do it as a TV show. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean who just canceled Krypton after being on for two years and nobody watching it. Okay. Um. Yeah, maybe not everything is an idea, a good this, idea. This is true. Although, and then there's some things that are good ideas, but you just don't have the will or skill to produce. Like, right. I think an Inhumans movie would have done fine. But instead, you did pissed it out show, on TV. And it, you did it poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that, like, what was I going to say? Um, uh, About TV? I, I was trying to, like, yeah, I mean, like what you, I agree with what you're saying. Like, just because it doesn't work as a movie doesn't mean it's going to be successful as a TV show. Um, I mean, for example, like they're going to be tackling like Sandman for TV, and like even though I think it's better suited for TV, I still think it's like a lot to try to make into a TV show, and maybe it's not something that you can do successfully. I don't know. So, but it's definitely the best platform it is. for Sandman. It is specifically because. Sandman embraces the whole sure you've got story arcs but it embraces the whole idea of front page of the a co- cover a cover of a comic opens yeah. uh 22 pages later right the story's over um so you got a tv show that you can do that with right no i i get it yeah how much are we out of steam i don't know that we're out of I think steam we're out of steam already <laughs> no that. no uh, let's talk about, uh, well, let's continue to talk about Disney, um, speaking specifically about their properties obtained from the merger with Fox. Yes. There was a sort of public report or like a first quarter post merger report. Okay. Sure. That Disney did, um, where they, um, basically evaluated like Bob Iger, the Disney, um, CEO. Yeah. Um, basically gave like a. In a, like a diagnosis or just like an after action report about um, Fox's properties, the things that they had um, inherited from them. Yeah. Uh, it's bad. It's real bad. They they canceled a lot of films, didn't they? Well, they did cancel a lot of films, but then they talked about the films that came out that were supposed to be big things from Fox, like yeah. um, Stuber and uh, Dark Phoenix and all yes. these other things. And it's like, it's bleak. Like it's a bleak sort right. of uh, outlook. Yeah. Which, yeah, man. <laughs> Anybody could have told you that. Movies Disney. are pretty bad in general right now. Yeah. And Fox right. is right up there on top of the list for, uh, you know, making bad films. So absolutely. I don't know what what you want. Like, I don't know why they're surprised. You bought you bought this thing for for the properties, not for what they were putting out. Right. But I think it was just a call to the people who, you know, changed the thing on their door from Fox to Disney, but still worked there that like. You guys want to keep working here, then we gotta pick it up a little bit. Right, exactly. Um, I I would be a little scared if I were them, you know. But like my job might be going away. Well, I think if you do a bad job, um, you should be scared. Yeah, fair. I mean, it doesn't work in government. No, no. But <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, to that end, um, we're looking at <laughs> we're looking at a reboot of the Alien series Why? through Disney. Yes. Through Disney, that just seems. Like, bad idea. Like, alien or aliens should be rated R. And also, why are you redoing it? 
Like the first two films in that series are classics. Yeah, well, they, I know. Why would you make any movie past the first one? You were taking it into your own hands to do a second one that right. worked out okay. Kind yeah. of sequel, King James Cameron. But yeah, I mean, this it's just going to happen. It's from uh, an inside source. I'm getting this specifically from this website. We got this covered. Um, their confirmation of this is that their same source said that um, there would be a, an Aladdin sequel, a live action Aladdin sequel, which has now been confirmed. Well, right. So they think that they can trust it. Um, it is being developed um, as a rebooted franchise. That's pretty much all we know at this point. But yeah. Wow. Is so, the strength of Alien, first of all, there is no strength in Alien. It's everything past the first two sucks. Right. But is the strength in it the continued existence of the persistent universe of alien or is it just alien because if the first thing is true then why is every movie afterwards that tries to add to the universe bad yeah and if the second thing is true why make any more of them now the answer to the second question is money but well right yeah do you think there's any more blood in this stone not particularly i mean what what other stories are you going to tell they're terrifying they lay their eggs they die their eggs hatch there's more aliens um i mean it's just (laughs) i I didn't mean specifically the life cycle of the alien creature i meant the franchise (laughs) well i just mean it's like it's scary and it's gross but i don't think that like there is necessarily a lot there and i think that ripley is a really great character and if you're rebooted, are you going to have Ripley in it? Or are you going to create a Ripley-like character? Like, how are you going to come at it? You know, are are you going to have somebody be a scaredy cat instead of somebody who's brave? You know, like, trying to hunt these things down? I, I guess I'm, I don't really know that it's going to be successful, like, doing something else. Weren't there, didn't we read, like, weren't there comics that were, like, alien comics? Dark Horse had the Aliens license for a long time and did some really great things with it. Didn't we read some of those? I feel like we read some of those. We did. Um, And there is like one where they were in this um, commune or something like that. And like people had to go out to get something. I can't remember what it was. But uh, for the commune and people were being attacked by the aliens. Yeah. I mean, it's (laughs) we just changed the alien to any kind of monster. It's a horror movie. I mean, that's all it is, really. Exactly. Um, I don't mean to like belittle it, but no, it works because it trades on on tropes that are just ingrained into um, the medium. And so, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, what you pointed out that we had a alien story in this comic that was had nothing to do with uh, LV-426 right. or Ripley. Yes. The company was involved. That That's sort of the big you know, that's villain the big... Of, the, of the entire thing. Exactly. So TV show? Alien anthology TV show? I Honestly, I could see a TV show. Um, I don't know if there's enough juice there to do to relaunch a, a franchise of films. Um, well, but... you just relaunch it and it's, you know, you've got a character named Ripley. She's played by somebody else alexandra ship or something like that right right that's what you do but okay all right um i can't say i'm terribly excited about it it's a terrible idea yeah as is the live action spider gwen movie you think that's a terrible idea it depends i guess i said that just to get people's attention but we've already got a uh, into the spider-verse sequel we've got a female-centric into the spider-verse sequel Mm -hmm. so two sequels to into the spider-verse right um We've got 
you know, Morbius, we got Venom 2, you know, it's all about universes. Over yes. on Sony's side, they are also doing the exact same thing. They're pushing the machine, the movie-making machine to the limit to get all these things out. Spider-Gwen, nobody, here's the thing. Okay. I think that Robbie Robertson and the other guy, whoops, sorry. I, I don't remember. Uh, designed a very interesting universe um, over in Earth three seven three one or whatever Gwen's earth is uh an earth where everything is just a little different you yes. know like um Le Big Mac uh, in uh, France <laughs> right, right, right um you've got you know spider Gwen or, or spider woman um being bit by the spider instead of Peter Peter becoming you know the lizard but then basically being the dead one in her world right and like Daredevil is the kingpin and you've got all these little things that are different in a in, in the best kind of way if you're going to reboot and remix something yeah and so people don't remember that they just remember oh spider gwen she's got blue shoes she's got a cool oh costume. i want to cosplay yeah, oh yeah, great yeah, yeah, yeah and they've done this thing where they just can't stop having her jump between universes because they really want immediately they want to see how many eggs that are inside of this goose give me that knife yeah 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 you know yeah. so yeah. i think that they crafted like a really interesting story that is overshadowed by the fact that she always has to come and team up with ms with marvel miles. and miles morales yeah, yeah yeah so i mean like if you guys could dig into that side all the great world building they did in her film that'd be great now you can't because you're sony so mm -hmm. you can't have female black captain america you can't have daredevil you can't have all these other things because that are part of sony. her story yeah what are you even gonna do what's it even about i don't i don't know That's it's just her question. and penny parker or something like that get nicholas cage back yeah i mean i like spider gwen a lot and i think the reason that they're doing this is because there are a lot of fans out there who like spider gwen she's hot right now um, so I think they're like, oh, let's have a Spider-Gwen movie. I don't know that they have a good take on it. Um, and, and like you said, why does she always need... I don't need know if they had a good take on it with the Spider-Verse. <laughs> there's, a, there's a ballroom somewhere with a banner that says, people that didn't like Into the Spider-Verse. And yeah. it's me and uh, Ar Arnold White or whatever. What's that critic that oh, gosh, shits on everything? I don't know. <laughs> and we're just sitting there staring at each other. But yeah, that's us. Um, I mean, I liked the film, but I, I do think that it's it was not as great as people uh, thought it was on like first viewing. Like there there are definitely some some issues within the film. Um, like I, I don't like how like I like that Miles Morales is the main character. But I don't like that we keep seeing him fail over and over and yeah, over yeah, yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't need to go into our okay. evaluation of Into the Spider-Verse. All right. But um, I think there's real potential to have a great story with Spider-Gwen. But like you said, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know either. But that's not what we get in, got into this to talk about. Anything else? Uh, no, we don't <laughs> get anything else. Well, here's my squirrel for this week. Okay. Uh, G.I. Joe is rebooting, or at least they are trying to uh, expand the property uh, okay. because this is Paramount's like, we want in on this too. Yeah. Um, Star Trek's not enough. Right. So they're going to do a Snake Eyes spinoff movie. Snake Eyes, for kids of a certain age, we'll know uh, is the uh, ninja hero of G.I. Joe, uh, one okay. of the Joes. And they're going to cast Henry Golding as Snake Eyes. Oh, okay. Crazy Rich Asians. Yes. Henry Golding. Now, a lot of people would say... That's a 
damn fine looking man. <laughs> Why are you going to put a mask on Cover him? Cover his face. And also, he's horribly scarred. Like, Snake Eyes was like the original Deadpool. Okay. All right. He's a guy with swords yeah. with a scarred face that wears a mask. Yeah, Only that, that he's the merc like without a mouth. He doesn't talk. Okay. So this guy's like deep, wow. rich, basso profundo voice, you know, this crazy rich abs and crazy rich hair. And uh, throw a mask on that guy. Don't say a word. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that is uh, an interesting point that you bring up there. Like, so, yeah, I feel a little bad. Um, but, huh. Okay. Um, well, I, this seems like they're going for a toyetic feel here. Like, there's going to be a lot more toys coming out because of this film, don't you think? Uh, eh. Not so much. Well, you're just going off of the, it being G.I. Joe? Well, I, and like... This is a reverse toyetic situation. Oh, you think so? Yes. Okay. This is a strawberry shortcake movie. This is... We've got... Okay. We're a greeting card company. We made some toys. Now let's, let's push, a, push a movie out here. Okay. G.I. Joe is... The same thing. It was a you know toy line with a TV show that was created to promote it. Right. But then come on and tell you at the end that fires are bad or something like that. And so therefore they satisfy the uh, government's requirement for educational content okay. Okay. Uh, in your toy commercials. Sure. Um, and the fact that they keep wanting to make it into a movie thing is, I, I don't know. The first, did you ever see the G.I. Joe movies? I don't think I ever did. The first no. one is not great. Okay. But they really gave it. A, a shot. They really okay. came at it uh, and just and swung with all their might into it. Sure. So it's got good parts. The second one is the cynical cash in, you know, where the rock is in it or whatever. Sorry, Rocky, but okay. Uh, and it's not great, but it's got great parts. And the best part of GI Joe Retaliation is yeah. uh, the Snake Eyes uh, Storm Shadow parts. Oh, okay. There's like this awesome. Uh, ninja fight like on a mountain where they're swinging on bungee cords and like fighting. Oh my goodness. And Ray Park plays um, Storm Shadow, or not Storm Shadow, uh, Snake Eyes. Oh, that. okay. So they're going to get the race right this time, I guess, which is good. <laughs> uh, Henry Golding will just be, okay, pull the mask on and then Ray Park will step in, right? Oh, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can see that. How's Ray Park doing? I have no idea. He's getting up there. Yeah. He's like the white Jackie Chan. Can he still do this stuff? That's a good question. I just never know, like... What what age do you like hang up your karate belt and if, or something? <laughs> what age do you hang up your karate belt? <laughs> oh like, boy. Do you, do you retire? You get in a just, few years. Or do you just keep on going? I gotta get that glass case, <laughs> that golden hook, <laughs> and I put my karate belt on. Well, we didn't even have time to get into it, um, really, what we're going to talk about in our feature today. Oh, so, yeah. Because we were busy selling things. <laughs> That's the future of the show, everybody. Speaking of universes and expanding, it's, oh, no. it's right here. We're never hanging up our karate belts. <laughs> we're going the whole way with this thing. Uh, but what we, we're going to talk about today, what we're talking about right now is, it's sort of like, um, what do you call it? It's just like favorite TV. You know, it's not fall yeah. yet. But the, the TV shows are coming back. The the, uh, the TV the leaves comeback. are turning, I don't and know. the uh, the the TVs are turning to uh, the right <laughs> stations to catch the return of many new shows. And we thought that yes. we would 
take some time to uh, talk about some shows that we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, shows that aren't necessarily on everybody's radar. So this is like your chance to catch up on it. Yes. And uh, and check it out. Um, the water cooler show, basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, where yeah. Where we uh, talk about, hey, did you see the, uh, the something? Did you see... Uh, popular reality show <laughs> oh mr good one mr good one <laughs> yeah uh so so that's what we're talking about we're talking about three shows in particular on this one is it really it's a karate belt i guess it is just a, is it, there's a name for it right i don't know i just thought it was just a part of your gi yeah but right? anyway uh yeah so uh we're talking about three different shows lodge 49 has returned for its second season mm-hmm. as has mind hunters for a second season yes that's not exactly a show that people don't know about but we're going to talk about it yeah and legion has returned for its third and final season yes we're we'll talking about all three of those mm-hmm. why for you are these shows shows worth watching <laughs> okay um well i think that all of them have really strong storylines. I think they have great writing. Um, and then I also think that it's really great casting. And um, I, I really enjoy the characters. I think, really, I think all of these shows are kind of character driven uh, to an extent. I mean, maybe not. Yeah, no, I would say it's character driven in Legion. Um but maybe it's more story. It, it pushes that. It pushes your premise to the breaking point. Yes. But yes, under all the trippy visuals. Yes. And it's like Brian Fuller, are you there? I know. Right? Is that you? Are you wearing a Noah Hawley mask? <laughs> um, it's very much about long swaths of the show are given to this exploration of visual stuff. Like yes. sometimes, you know, what happens in the episode could be related in 60 seconds but then we've got an hour show yeah but that is true it brings you along the entire way and yeah everything that happens at least for the main character um that's all true as the show has moved on i think we have really shed development for uh and i guess we're talking about legion right now i I guess we are kind of want to save it for the end but that's okay we can save no, we're talking about it right now. All right. Uh, characters like Carrie and Carrie and yeah. uh, like uh, that is their development has really kind of dropped stopped. to the wayside. Yeah. As we just take an entire hour to just go around this, you know, hippie complex uh, where David is catching you up on Legion season three. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Where do you even start? Dessert boats. Yes. I don't even know. Uh, Legion is David Holler, the son of Professor X. Yes. Uh, in this TV version of the uh, Fox universe, although I think they've said that it is, it does take place in the X Men cinematic universe. I think we'll so. just never see those guys. Yeah. And so, yeah, uh, he is uh, somebody who has had a rough life. He's been diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. Yes. Uh, which may or may not be true, but the truth of it is, is that he is. Um, a mutant with multiple personalities. Yeah. And each of those personalities uh, is has the, has a its own power set. And this is something the show has not really steered into. Instead, they've really steered mm-hmm. into the idea that as one of the most powerful mutants on Earth, as right. the son of one of the most powerful mutants on Earth, yeah. he was a prime target for this character called the Shadow King. Or Farouk. Yeah. yeah uh, who is a being of psionic energy that has existed for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. this all checks out with the, with the, with comics. the comics. Yeah. 
and so but doesn't have a body and so sort of jumps from body to body and so he tried to he possessed david when he was For a young a long boy time. and so as yeah. david was growing up he you know heard quote unquote voices but he didn't know that he was a mutant and he didn't know that he had this evil thing inside of him and he imagined a pet dog which was named king which we just well should have just known i know the right? dog's name was king i know but anyway it was right there for us very disappointed in myself but uh <laughs> so the first season was sort of struggling against that the second season was boy second season was weird it was weird but the second season um focused on this sort of time travel plot in that his girlfriend um sid mm-hmm. uh, named after sid barrett uh was speaking to him from the future and basically intimating that David would somehow destroy the world. Yeah, he'd bring her uh, into the world. In the future. And yeah. so we're trying to prevent that in a um, sort of self-aware Terminator kind of scenario. At the same time, there everybody is searching for uh, Amal Farouk's body, the Shadow King's body, because yes. for some reason, if he gets his body, he becomes more be powerful. Yeah. It's like, well, why'd you get rid of it in the first place? Right. It ends sort of ignominiously on... Um, this sort of controversial moment that I think a lot of people yes. had a problem with. Um, yeah. But I want to talk about right now in that they basically found Farouk's body, defeated him, had him trapped, everything's great, and then David does something bad. Yes. Um, Sid basically sees him. At this point, we believe that David is like, oh, he's unassuming, he's great, he's this nice right. guy. He, he's a hero. And we've kind of forgotten that what we've seen in the first uh, season that there's darkness in him and yeah. he basically like you know brutally you know t- t- captures he, he goes overboard in capturing the Shadow King he does and Sid sees this darkness in him that she's afraid of and he tries to reconcile with her and she's like I don't really want I'm scared of you yeah and so he basically changes her mind so that she's not scared of him yeah he and then goes into her the, mind and which is bad enough it. but yeah. just to make it manifest they then have sex. Right. Um, which later on she becomes aware of because somebody tells her about it. I can't remember. Yeah. And so she knows that this has happened and everybody on the good guys team confronts David and basically says, oh, sorry, spoilers for all of Legion up to this point. Right, right, right. Uh, and basically says, okay, we got the, the other bad guy, but maybe you're the real bad guy. Right. And we need to capture you so we can figure out what to do with you right or if you can be helped we, d- we can't trust you right now right yeah and instead of going yeah you know what i can't be trusted david as a lot of people do who are you know possess ultimate power yeah uh, basically just f's off yeah uh, and brings Lenny with him, which I can't believe we're just now mentioning Lenny. Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, played by Aubrey Plaza and disappears two parts unknown. Yeah. Oh, and I should mention that uh, David is played by um, uh, the Beast. The Beast. Yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. And so I heard a lot of people were really upset mm-hmm. by what happened. Yeah. And I um, wasn't. I mean, I was uh, I was appalled, yeah. but you know, when a character does something bad in a fictional show, you know, cancel the show. Right. This is part of the story. Right. And what I got out of it was, you had to do. You can have people like the in that episode. There are two guys floating through the desert, singing "Behind Blue Eyes" and having like a psychic uh big trouble in little china fight you know yeah <laughs> so it's like how do you make the stakes real you have to have them do things that are real to the people watching the show in order to understand oh he's bad like right. if he just 
uses his power to twist somebody's head off, which I think he did. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's comic book. But he has to do something real bad so you know that he's bad. Yeah, exactly. Also, so it's like, well, okay, he's canceled. He's a rapist or whatever. Yeah, he pretty much is a rapist. But if the person who, you know, found out that he had done that was like, well, I don't, I didn't like that and I need him to apologize, but I don't feel like I was raped necessarily. It's just mm-hmm. I don't. I want to make excuses for rapists here. This no. Is, you should probably cut this out. <laughs> you know? But it's like if you like went out with your boyfriend and you guys got hammered and then you came home and you right. guys started having sex and at some point one or the other of you felt like you weren't really in there and you woke up the next morning and you were like, let's not do that again. That was weird. Instead of, you raped me. Oh, right. Right. I understand what you're saying. Well, don't. That, that right came a little fast. <laughs> I think you should say something to the effect of, okay. Well, you can have your opinion, but. <laughs> okay. I mean, it it is questionable for for sure. Um, I don't think it, he. Um, I just feel like Sid didn't. She did. Instead of just being like, this person has to be destroyed or I don't ever want to see them again. It was more like. I, I this person needs help. Yes, it was definitely know? more like it's that. not that I wouldn't have had sex with them with him. On, on my own right but the fact that you you know mentally changed like, my raped mind. me basically yeah. yeah like we can't have you doing that no uh and like i can't trust you anymore that's, that's my interpretation of what they wanted to do with that scene yeah because this is and it's important like this is a big deal right now it is and it should be because it's all the deals that it should have been for years past that are finally coming out now. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, I mean, th- it's important that we are sensitive to this. Absolutely. But, you know, they chose to like tell this story right now. And I assume yes. that they are doing Knew it for good doing. purposes. Yeah. And as we come back, so now we can talk about <laughs> the episode. As we come yeah. back from the second season, mm-hmm. we find a David who is doing everything he can to basically take back what he did. Yeah. Exactly. Which he should probably just apologize. And then um, like Yeah, and then like kind of see where that goes. Go to jail. Something. <laughs> well, I mean, Rehabilitation. Like, that's my point about like making like the things that they did the mistakes that they make real to us because how do you punish a mutant god? Like does right. he go to jail? Does he like concede to having something put on him that controls his powers? Right. But he is power mad and yet he feels bad because he is looking for a way to undo this. Yeah, and kind of get Sid back in Specifically, yeah, with time travel. Yes. Which he is tempting to do by seeking out a time travel person. Yes. And he's done that in a new character. Named Switch. Um so I just want to mention Which, uh, real quick. Lenny's ears perked up. Well, and she's like, yeah. I like boys. Lenny's like, great. Yeah, I know. Um, I had a, a squee moment because I realized, I recognized the actress who played Switch. <clears throat> she was actually uh, a member of uh, Terrace House Hawaii. Um, and she was a visual artist in that no mention of acting or wanting to act. And she actually moved to Japan at the end of the show to pursue her visual arts. Um, she was pretty good. But there was a guy who was on the show who was a, a struggling actor. And I bet he's so jealous that she got this show, you know? Um, I bet he feels he's proud of her. Oh, okay. 
all right, maybe he is proud. That'd be a better way to go. But anyways, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, different uh, career path, but uh, I was happy to see her. I, I knew I recognized her from something. What did you think of the episode? Um, I liked it. it. I think it was weird and really trippy. Um, and we basically follow Switch in the beginning. And it's a while until we get to characters that we already know and recognize. Um, so I think that was an interesting choice because I think she's going to be a very important part of the season because I think that time travel is going to be an important part of the season. Um, Which is like, yeah, can we... <laughs> Let's give time travel a rest. Oh, you you think that's cheap? You think that's cheating? No, I just think that it's just it's such a trope that's just d- done over and over again. Yeah, you know? yeah. I I am kind of curious though. Plus, he's already the the whole thing that so Farouk is now. Did we just forget that he was the most a evil bad man guy? ever? Yeah, like, I'm I know. sure it's going to come out and there's a long tradition of like X-Men villains like becoming heroes or becoming sure. X-Men themselves, but what is his he fought tooth and nail to stop from being captured. Now he's captured. I don't feel like they have the leverage over him that he's suddenly now like I'm kind of the good guy. And it's like No. It's an interesting I, reversal, but with only 10 episodes a season or whatever to make it happen, like I don't understand why he is I don't understand why he's there. No. They don't have a device on him. We need to see him. a scene. We did see a scene where he meets Switch, but like we need to yeah. see a scene of him like by himself and like. I'm What's gonna, his deal? When I get my hands on David, I'll have the power. I mean, I guess that's always sort of there, but it's an abrupt switch to him suddenly being the good guy. I agree with you. Um, and then like we see Sid, and she's like, "I'm going to shoot David." Like, <laughs> shoot David. Like. Like, she's obviously really pissed still, and, like, her way of dealing with it is, like, no, I have to be there when you kill him, and I'm going to be the one who kills him. You know, it's such a heel turn, and I guess, I mean, I understand it, but... Well, you need, when you've got, when half of your uh, episode is a girl uh, getting lost uh, at a DSW, or at a uh, coat warehouse, or whatever... Right, right, right. uh, (laughs) Then you have to have very simple, understandable motivations... From the, the, right. from the characters yeah. and so everything i just said about uh sid being understanding that he is a person who needs help uh is bullshit apparently because she just wants to shotgun him to death right <laughs> but i think it is deeper than that i think you're right uh, here's what i think i think that it is still one of the most visually arresting shows on television oh, absolutely and somehow is also the best x-men property i've ever seen yeah i would totally agree with that Sit down, X2. You sit down. <laughs> Have you tried not being X2? Because this tops it. In a world of psychics, in a world of people who can time travel and change per- dimensions and do all kinds of things, this delivers uh, that experience, that world in the best way. And it's one of those shows where you can watch it for 20 minutes and go... Nice job, guys. How much How much does it cost to have a bunch of uh, PAs roll some coats around a white soundstage? Like, you right. saved a lot of money on this scene. Yeah. But then all that money goes right down the toilet when you get to the scene where the SWAT team, like, attacks the compound and people are being, like, 
they're being Thanos and yes. they're being thrown through walls and people yeah. are shooting David and he's blocking the bullets and then twisting their heads off and it's like wow they're, they're, that's they were saving the the coat scene was you know, <laughs> we, we can hire a bunch of like extras to yes. sing this uh, super organism song or whatever right 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 and, and then do a dance with some coats because yeah. later on we've got the CGI FS coming exactly but it's just like the way that they balance that stuff is is incredible it is and there's no you don't need to explain anything like how does what how, what's what's David's plan? Like he's thinking like the right person, the smart person, will find this message and track these messages down, and then also they'll tune to the right station or whatever. Yes, and the station will have a message that can only be heard by somebody who can manipulate time because it's like too fast to understand. Although why not yeah. just record it and slow it down? Right, right, right. Um, and so all these things will then allow this person to go to a coat shop to a dry, <laughs> dry cleaners. Where everybody will dance and then you'll crawl through a tube that goes... I know. So are you being transported or teleported by like an ability of his or something like that? Clearly, it's all in service of the visuals. Yes. But it wows you with the visuals, but also everything serves the purpose of also telling that story. So you could have a time traveler like... um, Heroes, you know, like Hero on Heroes. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Nice job, everybody. <laughs> Look, Zach Penn has done a lot of good stuff. Uh, yeah. He just goes, like he's going to poop and then he's back in time. Yeah. But what if a girl drew like a glowing a, a door box. on a wall yeah. and then she fell through it and then was in a thing with the things that go, do one minute, two minutes? How far yeah, back in time do you want to yeah. go? Like, it's just... I gotta watch Fargo. I know, right? You got me. It's no, no, no interest in watching Fargo. But <laughs> somebody who, I mean, he and he must be an X Men comic book fan. He but, has to be. All but the, the stuff fact that, that you can there. go, okay, yeah, I see your um, uh, the focus totality of my blah blah whatever. Um, what if we did this though? Yeah. What if I channeled Brian Fuller doing an, yeah. an X Men show? I know. Um, and great. I, I think it's great too that like. Uh, Switch has like this tape that she listens to, multiple tapes that tell her like how to time travel. So she's learning how to do it. Which we don't know what's going on with that. No, we, we don't. don't know what's going on with her father um, and the robots. And no, but and all it, this stuff. a lot of a lot of tidbits. Um, but I did think it was interesting that the tape warns her like don't go back too far because then the monster could get you. And it's kind of unclear what the monster is, but we've seen glowing eyes in the dark. In the distance. Another effect that costs nothing and is totally chilling. Right. Um, but it just kind of reminded me of like the Shadow King. But, yeah, it, you know. Yeah. I hope that we, it, it does feel like a repetition of that. Beat. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I hope it, it turns out a little bit different. So but take I'm, that. I, I am kind of interested in that. But like, you know, they are saying off the bat that you can do time travel, but there will be consequences if you don't well, do it right. Well, there should be. That's why I don't like yeah. time travel. Yeah. Um, yes. So you got that. You have David who, um, is running this like cult, uh, yes. basically. Yeah. And, I, and I like when Switch asks <laughs> Lenny, is yeah. like, this is a cult? She's like, yeah. Yes. I know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty great. Um, and they're, <laughs> again, none of this has to make any sense. That's why I like, I hate like X-Men Origins Wolverine has to sit and explain everything to you. This just has a giant sow. And I mean like. The yes. size of a Hummer. Yeah. That is expelling like this magic smoke from its teeth. Yeah. There's something about the we don't know what the water is, but um, 
new Rebecca or whatever her name is. The, yeah. The, the pregnant virgin now is like, yeah. says, oh, it's life and or something. I and, think her name is Salmon or that's like what they called her or whatever. Oh, that, yeah. But she used to be when they first in season two, she was um, because there was an old Vanessa or whatever her name oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. now she's new Vanessa. Or okay. Whatever. Okay. Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, and so that is like, to me, that seems kind of like the blue stuff that David smokes in the first season, you know, when he's, and then yeah. uh, Jane March starts doing it later on. Yeah. I, I it's, it's not, it's like an X-Men comic if written by Chris Claremont, if the characters didn't spend half the book repeating what just happened. Right, right, right. Like if you just look at the Dark Phoenix saga it's nuts. Like they go, a bunch of mutants go to a dance club, and one yes. of them has a fantasy that she is an S and M queen in the eighteen uh, hundreds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she owns one of her friends as a slave, and then, <laughs> and then a girl that can walk through walls uh, helps them escape from tubes. Yeah. Uh, and then like a fat guy uh, makes a short guy with claws fall down to the sewer in the basement. Uh huh. And you're just like, what is happening? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. You're aided by the fact that every episode, those characters stop and go, well, I'm somebody who's having dreams because I think that I'm a person in the yeah. 1800s. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. If you took all those explanations out, you've got Legion. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think the we're, we're told something that the blue stuff is something that David makes somehow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the pig? how. Yeah. Um, and then we have the alchemist, too. Right. Which I can't remember his name now. It was something else kind of quippy. Everybody has a name. And I don't know if he's the one who, like, gives it to them because he calls, like, no, you're Switch now. Right. Um. So I don't know if everybody goes to him when they arrive and, like, he names them. Like, did he name himself? That's what it seems know. like. The whole yeah. thing is, yeah, it's got a real, like, culty kind of vibe. Like, yeah, it uh, does. This is important. Like, great, some hippie. <laughs> off his tits. Right. Uh, Mescaline gave me a dumb name. Right, so I guess exactly. that's my name now. Yeah. Pussycat. Yeah. Oh. Or uh, whatever all the Manson girls are called. Yeah, I know. That's, I mean, it's, it's very yeah. timely. It is. Uh, they were going to do this anyway, but yeah. it worked out real well. It that did. if you are watching the dark side of that in... Uh, oh, I see... What's the... It's like Orange is the New Black. What's the... It's the cool thing now is to give the uh, abbreviation for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh. <laughs> that's a cool thing. Oint, ointip. Oh, yeah. That's that's a mouthful. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, that is that. Yes. Um, recommend? Oh, yeah, well, clearly when yeah. we can't shut up about it. I, so. I 100% recommend this. It's so trippy. Don't start with season three. Like, start at the beginning and go through. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and it is very episodic. Like each episode, I think, uh, adds something and builds something from the previous. Yes. And the show is, is done. I mean, the finale is aired at this point. Yes. I mean, we're just reviewing the first episode yeah. um, as this water cooler thing. But yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. And I think once we um, have got all the way through it, we'll probably come back and maybe say a few more words on it. But that that'll be good. later. Uh, here's another show that came out this weekend. It's called Mindhunter Season 2. Yes. Picking up. Immediately from where it left off. Yeah, absolutely. In season one. Yeah. Um, Holden is in a, in a hospital bed. Um, 
because he had a huge panic attack. Thankfully, he was in a hospital when he had a panic attack. And he was in a psychiatric hospital. So yeah. they, they can provide hospital care. But like the doctor's telling him like, yeah, it's a panic attack. So uh, take this Valium and uh, congratulations. You're like my fr- the first patient I've ever had who gets to walk out of here. I know. Because <laughs> otherwise it's just Arkham Asylum, basically. Um, exactly. Yeah, uh, we are back to it hitting the ground running mm-hmm. uh in a in a show where it seemed like the uh whatever they're called the behavioral studies whatever, yes. unit or whatever uh always felt like it was on the verge of uh, getting uh, let go yeah absolutely um, we turn around and double down yeah and their uh, mean boss who was going after them for um deleting the tapes or whatever yes. is uh, being retired being forced to retire yeah we find out later well yeah i mean it always kind of felt like that but he treats it like it's his decision to go fishing now yeah and of course we find out later that um he was kind of pushed out because somebody had to fall on their sword but they're going to yeah. get rid of him but not the behavioral crimes unit and we never see we don't see like j edgar hoover himself no or somebody go these guys have the right idea. No. But because of the movements of the administrative like drones and like middle management, yeah. we realize that somebody is in Jericho Hoover or whoever, the deputy director, is like, this is a good thing. Like, I think we are getting some good stuff out of this. Right. Because they immediately install new guy. Yeah. Bald guy. I can't remember his name either. Uh, the guy yeah. that plays, um, this isn't him, but the guy that plays... Um, Charlie Runkle or whatever on Californication, mm-hmm. uh, he looks like the dramatic version of that guy. Okay. Like that guy read, he's too funny, so we got <laughs> this guy instead. And he's okay. like this weird bald guy, and he is he knows about Holden's uh, misdeeds, yes. but instead he does a keep your enemies closer type thing and kind of puffs him up. And it seems like he's... He's got a degree in psychology, don't you think? Uh, yeah, it kind of seems, seems like he's he's um working with, I will say, instead of playing. Yeah, with uh, you know what all of what he's got. He he basically um, gosh, I can't remember anybody else's name. He goes to every member of the team except Gary. Sorry, Gary. Yeah, and uh, basically tells them exactly what they want to hear. So he tells yeah. Holden like, or he tells uh, Bill like. Well, you know, you had some problems, but I'm going to smooth everything out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, And keep an eye on Holden. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can tell that you are worried about him, so now your job is to look after him. Yes. And then he tells keep him um, in line. Dr. What's-Her-Name that, yes. like, uh, tell me about your dreams. Like, why, why'd you take this job? What right. do you want to do? I want to help you. I want to be a part of the Dr. What's-Her-Name experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he tells Holden, like, that he's a genius, and so he's clearly got everybody. Where are we going with this guy is what I'm saying. Um... He's the Shadow King. I, <laughs> um, Maybe he's the killer. Oh, that would be a twist. <laughs> um, I I think he knows how to work with people and get what he wants. Yeah, but in them. a show that is about people manipulating, manipulating other people. each other, people um, studying pathology while acting out their own pathologies, mm-hmm. to have a character swoop in. Yeah. Because their last boss was like, I don't know what this brain stuff is. Can't we just kill pedophiles and put people in jail? Right. And this guy's like, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Like, he's on their side, like, right away. And, like, he's like, you guys are going to move over here. I'm going to give you all this money. I'm going to... Uh... Right, but he's clearly manipulating them. You could say yeah. that he's just a... You say he's a people person. I say that he is playing a to all their weaknesses and to their vanity. Yeah. Well, I mean, he seems like he's end, like the perfect know. fit for being their boss and them moving forward. 
But how'd you guys I, like a bigger office? Right, right. Yeah. And but I think that Bill, out of all of them, is or maybe the doctor lady too. But uh, I think that Bill is cautiously optimistic. I'm glad to see Bill move into more of a lead role in this. I mean, we definitely followed him in the first season, but it yeah. felt like it was mostly Holden's show. It felt like the best version of something that we've seen a lot, which is the trope of the tortured genius. So Holden has this idea and everybody's like, no, nah, you're crazy. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, no. If we just figure out how these guys operate, you mm-hmm. know, then we can not only help them, but we can understand how to prevent them. And he's like this prodigy. And Bill is the one who represents all of the uh, short sleeve Oxford shirt, um, you know, rooster tie guys who they talk to. Right. Um, but in this season, it's like, Okay, well, you've had your little genius thing, and what happened? You flamed out, and you were flailing right. around on the floor of a psychiatric hospital. Right. Maybe experience is the way through this. And so Bill is picking up like this other side of it now. And I, I guess I shouldn't be ashamed. I'm not a big true crime guy, but the whole first season, we keep cutting to the guy in glasses who's yes. a weirdo. Yeah. We finally, I finally figured out, oh, he's BTK. Yeah, I He's know. the BTK killer. Well, and, and I think the, what was confusing about that, well, but first of all, I mean, like, the show, they don't tell you who he is, and you just start seeing flashes well, do of this him. Year. Yeah, I know. You just start seeing flashes of him. I was supposed to get Oh, Park City, Kansas, I guess. Yeah, right. I guess there were some clues. But he, you know, we kind of saw it as like somebody who was ramping up. But in this, the way that they're telling this, BTK has already killed seven people. Yeah. So he's not ramping up. No, we're just, we're seeing the, I, 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 I think that the point of those segments is that we're just seeing, first of all, somebody who, we will be seeing later, I guess. Yes. But also some like just the day to day, like quotidian, like existence of a guy who we're seeing the negative space. We're, we're, see, we're hearing the um, silence and not the notes. Right. Of this uh, murderous jazz uh, solo. Right. Where and it's like, well, I got to make sure I burn these drawings and oh, I better buy some more rope. But we're not seeing like, you know, the people that he's killing. And, and no, raping. we're not. And like he. Which is like. A lot of restraint for a serial killer show. Right. Remember, the guy that created and directed uh, the first two episodes of this, that did seven. Okay. <laughs> but instead, okay. uh, we're not seeing the murders. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we see him in the first episode of this um, season. He was in like a mask and like a bra and he was like asphyxiating himself or something like that in the bathroom. And his wife finds him and she's like so freaked out that she runs away. Um, and the next time we see him, he's sleeping on the couch and she has given him books on sexual deviance to read. Well, yeah, it just goes to show that that's a nice little grace note that nobody knows what to do with this. I mean, clearly somebody should have done something a long time ago because it has escalated to a certain point. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Where do you think we're going with this? Fincher is no stranger to telling a story about people losing it as they study people who have lost it and yes. don't ever have any resolution other than right. ding, ding, can I help you? Just right. wanted to look at your face. You right. know? Uh, wh- where are we going? Because BTK doesn't get caught until the mid-aughts. Are we going to go that far with Mindhunter? Or is he going to be one that got away? Where, where, where are we going? I or not... is it an alternate universe where they get him? Quentin Tarantino style. Oh, boy. Second boy, rah, rah, rips off his dick. <laughs> 
Um, I kind of hope it's not an alternative universe because that seems like kind of a cop out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, if they flash forward in this season all the way to the 2000s when he gets caught. Bill's dead. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, they're so much older then. And like, then do we just, oh, well, that's the end of mine, Hunter. I mean, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know if I want them to skip ahead that much. Uh, maybe he should be the one that gets away. Um <clears throat> because I don't know, maybe I'm being selfish, but I already want another season of my I, I haven't read uh, the book that this is based on, so I don't know yeah. what connection the guy that wrote it has to, you know, the Holden Ford character might be the guy who um, gets all the information. And even if he doesn't personally bust BTK, it's how they get him. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe it's just that he is the most notorious and uncaught guy at this time. Yes. Because they're talking to, clearly you'll have people who will, in the future, be doing stuff like Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer yes. and, uh, and and whatnot. But maybe he's just the guy that's out there right now because they talk to David Berkowitz. They talk to Son of Sam. Yeah, you know I know. What I mean? um, so, yeah, maybe he's just the guy that's out there. Of course, uh, has the Golden State Killer done his thing yet? I don't know. I, I don't mean, they, remember. Yeah. Well, anyway, they got him. Yeah. And recently, very recently. Okay. Um thanks to uh, Patton Oswalt's first wife's uh, work. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. In her, uh, in her book. But um, maybe we just don't have enough details to like make a series about that. So right. I don't know. I mean, clearly they're invested in this. It's not like every season we're going to focus on a new killer. Like this is, this is the one. Right. Right. Um, There's I something mean, they, that they want to tell us about this. Well, what, what do you want to see like in, further episodes this season and maybe moving on to season three if there is a season three i want more of what we are doing okay <laughs> uh, yeah nailed it um yeah i want exactly you know what, what, what we're doing it's it's a historical thing yeah um you know legion the world could end we don't know because there's no restrictions right uh we, we have an idea of where this is going and so all we can really do is see how our characters you know change or, or fall apart right um <clears throat> doesn't look like holden's girlfriend character is going to be in it anymore um i don't think so i seems was like the cat's gone i was curious about that but yeah is the cat gone who has a cat the doctor leaves a oh. tuna for the cat oh gosh i don't know if the cat's gone or not we haven't seen her at home <laughs> just a joke oh, okay uh, um anyway so yeah. you asked me what i want to see yeah. uh, i just want to see more of what we've already got and i hope that we don't and it's hard to 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 not but i hope that we don't i don't know this is the one thing that the show does where it's like hey look what we're doing mm -hmm. is when they go visit the serial killers so it's like yeah this week some character actor that we don't know is going to do their best to play Richard Speck or whatever. Right, right, right. And that's the most episodic or procedural that it gets. And as long True. as that that remains the extent of its procedurality, mm -hmm. fine. Yeah. Even though I, I don't, it's a little too procedural sometimes. Although sometimes uh, one of the great strengths of this show is in the casting. Oh, for sure. People that cast it are a pair of people who have worked with Fincher on a lot of other projects, and the people they get are. Great. From the totally forgettable faces of the regional law enforcement officers that they talk to, it's right. just some new guy in a brush cut 
who you're never going to remember, but does a thankless job because they're totally convincing as this, you know, Kansas City uh, police detective or whatever. Right. Uh, who's haunted by this th- crime that Killing. he's seen. Yeah. To the people who play in various stages of fake noses and stuff, the famous killers who they talk to, people who are bet on studied for years or have been on video TV. You know, we know these people. Right, right. And yet they come in like the, the guy that does the uh, Ed Kemper is unbelievable. I know. And I'm not sure that sure you could put him in, you know, a romantic comedy or just some <laughs> other thing like he could sure. play a, a part. But like it's like he was born to play that role. Like he's just perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. Kudos. Yeah. Um, I think it's fantastic. And I think, you know, just if you can bear the show to Legion. Legion, you can do anything. Because it's not grounded in reality, whereas this show is definitely grounded in reality because it's based on true events and uh, actual killers, uh, you know. And I think it's it's fascinating to see how this team of people is putting things together and how we um, change to capture serial killers, and that that's like a new phenomenon in it of itself. And um, you know, just like what all the psychology that goes into that absolutely well i'll tell you what show is perfectly cast as well it's a show (laughs) called lodge 49 yes which is back for its second season Mm -hmm. back against all odds i mean it was announced as the first one was wrapping up that there'd be a second but i feel like this entire show is it's unlikely that it exists period (laughs) it's extra unlikely that it We'll got a second a, season. Okay. Well, I'm glad that it did because it's a great show. Um, and it's definitely character driven. And and in, the same as uh, Mindhunter, we, we uh, come in and we start and our main character is in a hospital bed um, because he uh, got attacked by a shark at the end of last season. Um, but he has like kind of like this trippy like vision and stuff like that too. So like no 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 come on no we don't have to explain Mindhunter because everybody knows what Mindhunter is. Yeah, but I know. I appreciate you taking the wheel, but okay. drive us All where right. we want to go. All right. Take us to ANW, um, not to the vet. Okay, so because my cat loves going to ANW. Okay, stop it. Uh, so it's all about Lodge Forty Nine, which is um, kind of a um, how would you describe it? It's not. I'll describe it by doing the entire thing for you. Oh, okay, sorry. Lodge 49 is about Dud. He's an ex-surfer who was bitten by a snake, and it has hurt his leg, and it's a wound that won't heal, and so he lives in, I don't know, Palo Alto, or... Yeah. No, not even that, just... Long Beach? Isn't yeah, Long he just Beach? lives in, like, an underdeveloped, you know, part of L.A. with his sister, who is an underachieving, um, like, genius who works at Shamrocks or whatever. She works at a yeah. titty sports bar, basically. Yeah. And it's about their lives. If that doesn't sound fun, well, it's about to get weird. <laughs> Dud is at the end of his rope. His dad has disappeared, um, apparently drowned uh, while surfing. And so their pool business is closed. Yep. And he uh, is at the end of his rope. And his car breaks down in front of the building. He goes in to use the phone. And he finds out that the building is, it's not really the Masons, but it's like a lodge. It's like a yeah. Masonic lodge of a community organization called Lodge 49. And he meets a guy named Ernie who is uh, an older guy who is similarly mm. down in his luck, who sells um, plumbing fittings, basically. Yes. And he is a member of this lodge, which itself is nothing strange. It's a bunch of people, you know, in yes. their middle-aged people 
who go there for drinks, basic free drinks, yes. unlimited bar tabs, yeah. and they do lotto and weddings in the uh, main hall in the main hall on the weekends. Yeah, everybody just living their lives. Yes, um, but the entrance of Dud into this community begins to change it like a rock dropping into water. Yes. And so Dud is sort of like a um, Lebowski light type character. Yes. uh, Who is just sort of chilling and kind of looking for that, that to ride that wave of life, you know, but he keeps having all these um, rocks and shoals thrown in his way. Mm -hmm. Um, He, like I said, disrupts the community of the lodge. We go into the um, different sort of um, lives and peccadilloes of the uh, different uh, inhabitants of the lodge. And then something happens. Dud discovers a hidden room in the lodge, which is of interest to, and I'm just, I can't remember real people's names, so I can't remember characters' names anymore, but the David Parchezzi character. Isn't he Blaze or that's what they call him? Yeah, yeah. He is, um, uh, he runs like the local dispensary, but it's like a dispensary slash like homeopathy stuff. Yeah. He considers himself sort of a new age alchemist. Yes. They find all these papers of the founding, founder of the lodge Mm -hmm. uh, back in the 1900s, which is a sort of Joseph Smithy kind of, you know, um, esoteric mystical uh, mysteries type thing and he doesn't believe it he believes in it and uh, metaphorically that there's some sort of answer for life and spirituality and dud needs something like that and so he gets involved in that and it's all down the first season is all down to ernie trying to find captain who is this mythical uh, in a different way uh, (laughs) figure in the uh, sort of development and like pipe fitting world yeah. If he can get in a room with Captain, he can sell him on like getting the good leads or whatever. Yes. Uh, be- the the show is all about chance and all about like, is it all? Are, are we um, the masters of our fate or are we all uh, floating on the whims of of chance and destiny? Right. You know? Right. And so. Basically, Ernie and Dud both find themselves in the presence of Captain um, Dud because he was assigned to work for him as a temp. Yes. And Ernie because he's gone on this long journey ad like this odyssey throughout like the valley to find this guy and then finally finds him. It's Bruce Campbell. Bruce yes. Campbell is Captain. And they hit it off with Captain. But things kind of go upside down as far as the Captain thing goes. Yeah. And it leaves uh, Ernie basically um screwed as far as the business side of it goes uh-huh. also uh larry the former head uh sovereign protector of a lodge yes. has um been sort of in and out uh but he finally dies which yes. thinks okay that's the end of that but instead nope there's a whole thing that he was involved in with yeah. el confidente in mexico apparently finding the true you know scrolls, scrolls of of the lodge we beginning season two. We don't know if this is bullshit yet. I know. I have a feeling that it's it, it will be, but it won't matter. It'll be the kind of thing where it's it means what it means to you, uh-huh. like art, like Lodge Forty Nine, the show. <laughs> and so, what do you do in a second season? How do you come back? How do you now? You shot your shot. How do yeah. you keep it going? And how well, do you? commoditize it you know how how do you make it something that we can come back to week after week you know it's it's fine to have six episodes of the british office but how do you make it nine years of the office right um how do you think they're doing i think they're doing okay um you like the family that takes over the pool shop oh they're complete assholes (laughs) they i'm a 
that this is where it's too far for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so having Dud get bit by a shark to wrap up season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having his sister be at a corporate retreat on a boat on a cruise and then basically like jumping just overboard. go. Uh, I don't want to do this anymore and just jump off and swim yeah. a mile to shore. Yeah, I know. And everybody be like, what happened? We thought the police were looking for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all believable. But like for me, uh, <laughs> the family that takes over the pool shop too far. are cartoon characters. Oh, yeah, they are. Um, I mean, the the father is a, just a jerk. Yeah. Uh, the wife is just kind of yes anding him. And then the son is just a dud. I mean, his name... Careful. I, okay. He's not a dud because he's not Dudley. Uh, but he he is a nothing. Um, his name is Bowie, which just reminds me of a physical buoy out in the ocean. Cartoon characters. Yeah. And he I'm just... I'm worried. I'm worried, too. <laughs> he doesn't talk much. And when he does, it's vulgar. And I just want to smack him. I don't like him at all. And he takes up two parking spots with his ridiculous pool party truck. Uh, and then at the end of the episode, we see Dud like stealing his stuff and the guy who has his now yellow Jeep helping him. Yeah. Uh, having uh, uh, the quote unquote law provider show up. Oh, uh, my God. Mary Elizabeth Ellis, yeah. uh, known as uh, she's been on uh, Always Sunny and uh, okay. New Girl and some other stuff. Having her show up as the. The uh, overly gesticulating uh, lawyer who's explaining to Dud like that it's his money and he wants it now. Right. That seems like a oh we need a character from the from <laughs> the uh, you know roll the uh, spin the character bingo wheel yes. and see what comes out. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And then of all people, Bronson Pinchot as Doctor Kimborough, yeah. Liz's boss now yeah. that she's working for Tempjoy. Yes. Uh, what's going on there? I mean, I just love that the temp agencies called Temp Joy for the first first season to me came by its quirkiness, honestly, in that there was a note of melancholy like, yes, we meet this woman who, you know, is the middleman, the last middle manager Uh uh, working for Orbis or or whatever the company is that's shutting down. Right. And so she's firing everybody. And then Dud gets a job working for her as a temp. And, you know, I mean, he's not very ambitious, but he can basically do this job, which is sending out severance package packets to people. Yes. And then naturally, he's just a warm and friendly person. It's exactly who this person who is, you know, thinking about putting strychnine in her coffee is looking to find. They fall into bed together because, of course, they do. But then it becomes this neither of them for different reasons are people who should be in or can sustain a relationship. And then it sort of falls apart like. That was fine. Having you need your money and you need it right now. Like that's okay. I mean, this is the <laughs> this is the you know what what is it? Uh, this is the cartooning of the show, isn't no, it? No, I, I get what Brian's you're saying. Brian's picture comes in and is like you shred all you got to shred all these documents right now. Yeah, I know, I know. She's the monster. She's the monster. It's like <laughs> all right, and then it opens with what is apparently a flashback and not a dream. Paul Giamatti. I know. <laughs> As the writer uh, jumping out of an airplane that's crashing with Ernie and uh, Dud on board. And and then there's somebody They're else. They're doing a real Breaking Bad here. Yeah. And then there's somebody else who's in like the world costume. How did the bear get in the super pool? Yeah, uh, or super pool. In the swimming pool. In the swimming pool. No, I agree with you. And it's really, really out Don't there. Don't lose the plot. Right. Lodge 49. You right. were always you were about a surfer who got bit by a snake yes. and hangs around a donut shop. That's what <laughs> the movie was about. Now, yeah. you if you point to the and the guy that I've never Jim Gavin is the guy that wrote and like created this. I've never heard of him. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is re- uh, uh, the titles are referenced to Crying of Lot Forty Nine. So he's a pension fan. You know, yeah. he's in the Brotherhood. Great. Great. Uh, uh, but we don't. But where is he going to take it? Can he handle a second? I, I'm worried. I, I understand. I put this in the Star Trek box for yeah. things I'm worried about. Yeah, no, I get why you're worried because, like, the the Paul Giamatti thing, which is a flashback, it it's just so freaking out there. Yeah. Um, and I I just I don't know how I can't see right now how they're going to connect all the dots to get to there. But we never. The, I always what I always liked about this show, and I if I was a studio head, I'd probably be saying the opposite of what I'm saying right now. Okay. What I always liked about it was I had no idea where it was going or if it yeah. would ever get there, but I was willing to take the journey. I was willing to ride in the thing yes. to to get there. Now we've got, it's almost like they went, okay, give us a really goofy thing and then show us how we get there. So we know mm, goofy things coming up. Right. I don't need that. No. That's not why I came to this show. No. And I mean, we... We know starting the show it was is quirky, but there there there's I hate a, that word. Don't you, don't, you? you don't like that word? Um It's real. The show's real, man. <laughs> now if you go by it's sort of Northern Star, which I think is the Big Lebowski, other than Thomas Pynchon novels. Right. Uh, yeah, there are nihilists who believe in nothing and there are you know, there are ridiculous things that happen. Um, the most ridiculous being dream sequences, which this show also seems to want to do. Yeah, I so know. So instead of like, you know, flying th- th- under uh, Viking ladies' legs on a bowling alley, yes. uh, he's in a diorama, you know, seeing like these yes. Masonic kind of images and stuff. So it's like, fine, keep the quirky to the dream sequences, have their real yes. lives be terrible because they're selling their TV for gin money, basically. I know, I know. Um and then, like, I love how he he gets the lawyer lady, and then he just goes immediately to the pawn shop. And he's <laughs> like, "This pawn is shop, basically guaranteed." Yeah, but that that is great. Every single one of these things. The more you look into it, like Blaze, the more you, oh, I just got that. Uh, <laughs> the more you can see in these signs and portents, because whenever a character thinks like Dud is, Dud is not cursed with. A lot of introspection, self introspection. <laughs> no, he's not. And so, whenever he feels like he's up, he immediately goes to, to the, the pawn, pawn shop, shop. Yes. and sells his birthright to the guy. I know for something that he will definitely have to get in trouble for later. Yes. So the pawn shop guy is like the devil. Like he's this person that you make no, this yeah, deal with that you should not make. And yeah. like the devil, he doesn't lie. He tells you what it is. He's like. 40% on this loan or whatever. It's yes. ins- it's an insane rate. Yeah. And Dud's just like, yeah, okay. And uh, then uh, <laughs> give me uh, give me this TV or give me the owl clock. Like he feels like he's getting yes. one over on you for some piece of junk. And, and the devil's like, all right, fine, whatever. I know. And yeah. it's like, what are you doing, Dud? Why do you need that really ugly clock? Well, he wants to get, but it's, but it's this little, he wants to give it to the donut girl. I know, for saving his life. Yeah. And so it's like this little gesture of, which itself isn't like. I don't want to say it's thoughtless, but it isn't really considered. It's no. just he has this idea. He's like, he I need to give her something. About, yeah, but it doesn't. he doesn't think about what she would really want. Right. And he also doesn't think about what kind of financial <laughs> responsibility he's entering into exactly. for this little thing. Yeah. I and know. so it's like, let's keep doing that. Yeah. Not to the point where it becomes, you know, oh, here we go. Here's the formula. But... Instead, we've got a whole cast of crazy new characters. Yeah, I know. Why can't we learn more about um, Repo Man? You know, why can't we learn right. more about 
I'll take more about um, Liz's boss, who, sure. now that Shamrocks is closed, is also working at Tempjoy. I know. Let's go into, into Tempjoy guy's life. Yeah. What does he think about all these people who come in and tell him their crazy stories, and then he's got to get them a filing job somewhere? You right. Know? Um, it will teach Marin to be back. I think he will. Um, I'm, I'm hoping he will. I mean, him with his crazy van. I hope to see that again. Yeah. So... D- Come keep it together. Keep it together, Lodge 49. You can do this. Well, and I was kind of surprised seeing him on the plane that Cheech Marin wasn't there. Like, I thought he would be there with them. So, I don't know. Um, hopefully, he's there. Uh, I think he was a good addition to the show and um, the mystery of the scrolls. Um, <laughs> Careful. Yeah. You get sued by Bethesda. Which didn't like... Um, the sovereign protector didn't he like lose them in a gambling game or something like that? <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, Larry was. Uh, you know, he lived. Uh, he lived his life like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. That's a very nice way of putting it. Um, well, you can thank Van Halen and Mr. David Lee Roth for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really enjoy this show. I think it's really uh, unique in a lot of ways, and uh, I'm glad I got a second season. Um, I guess we'll see where it ends and see if there'll be a season three. What do you think? I think that you should predict where it's going to go. Um, I think they're going to go try to find the scrolls and, uh, they're, (laughs) I kind of hope they're successful, but it kind of seems like they won't be. Um, you know, and I don't know how they get on this plane, but, um, I, I hope they land well. You know, with their one parachute. Um, where, where do you think it's going to go? What happened to the guy who was like the spy? Oh, yeah. I think he just ran away. Okay. I don't know if we're going to see that guy again. But who was he working for? I think he was just working for himself. Wasn't he like the bus driver or something like that? Uh, yeah, but I... So that's... Yeah. So we don't know... Like... Oh, boy. We don't know a lot about him. No, the whole like there is no smoking man in this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, there, there yeah. is. There is like a sort of meta narrative. We know that, and it's probably like a lot of the mysteries in the show will end up being incredibly mundane. But we know that there is something weird going on in the lodge because yeah. there's the head office or whatever you know that people keep going to. Yes. And then, yeah, so that that guy came and he was infiltrating and I thought he was working for somebody, but I guess he was just... I think he was just curious Trying to get in there to about, see what was... Yeah, you know. I think he was, like, obsessed with the lodges um, and, like, just yeah. wanted to learn more. It's just about... The whole show is just about people's desires, you know, made manifest, like turning lead into gold. Right. People trying to see their longings, you know, become real. And, and finding I, out that they're not quite what they thought they were. And I think the interesting thing about the the spy character is he seemed to know a lot. Like he seemed to be the legit thing. So like he must have studied a lot up on it to be able to pull that off, yeah. you know, for so long. And then the real guy shows up and then he like runs away. Yeah. Do you think yeah. we'll see um beaten up homeless guy? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe she'll see him again, and he'll like shame her again. It's taco time, lady bitch. Right.
All right. Well, that was good. I'm full of water. So much water. Oh, so much water. We we stay by the water cooler for a long time. I feel like if you flip my thumb down, oh, careful. Uh oh. Water's gonna come. Uh oh. (laughs) Get your paper cups. But uh, yeah, you need a lot of them. But yeah, that's our little water cooler talk about some of these great shows, uh, all of which I think we would recommend. Yes, absolutely. uh, Check them out. If you want to talk about shows like that with us, you can on Facebook and Twitter at Just Enough Trope. And you can also find our Discord, which has been announced. Yes. So check that out. If you get there and it is a uh, a an empty wasteland, uh, have faith and have hope. Yes. Uh, we'll definitely um, be joining you soon. I just want to say that like I don't even know what the figures are or what it even what you should even look for for a um for a, a, in terms of a rating anymore. Okay. But like the premiere of Lodge 49 had a 0. 0.2 <laughs> But point two five rated. That seems low. Uh, yeah, uh, two hundred fifty thousand people watched it. So I would not be looking for a season three from Lodge Forty Nine. So hopefully oh. they can wrap it up with this uh, plane crash or whatever. But yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Join us on social media. Uh, subscribe to our show uh, if you haven't yet on yes. your listening platform of choice, because that's the best way to find it. Uh, also subscribe to other shows in the Just Enough Trope pantry, Pantheon Pantry. Let's say Pantry in the Just Enough Trope <laughs> Pantry uh, sure. shows like Enterprising Individuals, uh, Craft of Services, which is making a return. I swear to crap. Yes. It is definitely coming back. Uh, We are working on some stuff right now uh, to release that show. Uh, Go to our Patreon and get signed up so you can get uh, all of our new content coming there. And also check out Virtual Theater at Virtual Theater X on Twitter because um, they've got some great stuff happening over there. When you follow all those shows, review them as well. Give us a nice review so people know that we're doing a good job Mm -hmm. and also that uh, we want to hear what you think that uh, we should be doing in the future. Uh, Suggestions from you and give us a rating while you're at it. The most important part because computers only know numbers. (laughs) They know numbers from one to five. So give us five surfboards sure <laughs> is, is dud ever gonna surf again um i wouldn't be surprised he seemed actually like really optimistic about the shark bite. that's what i loved about well no he before he got bit he yeah. was optimistic yeah because they had all the characters had in, the, in their own way reached this sort of equilibrium you know liz had paid off all her debts yes um things dud had chased down the the sort of scrolls thing or whatever and things looked kind of good on that end yes i think he'd finally stopped visiting his old house yes <laughs> so and then he's like oh, i'm gonna get out there and surf i haven't done it in a year and he gets bitten by a shark i know which seems like the biggest you're flying the highest you can fall the farthest but i know but he bounced back pretty pretty quick I, yeah he did so anyway um we want to bounce back too i don't know what that means so give us five stars <laughs> and we would appreciate it and we'll be back next week to talk about something else and until then i'm signing off as your host caliban i'm your co-host Mikan Hana. keep the geek fires burning <laughs> <laughs>